last week of Advent before Christmas, and this is the Sunday when we focus on the attribute of peace. And since I've been going through how Jesus has brought these attributes of Advent throughout his ministry, I went looking through his ministry when he would mention the word peace. And the first passage I came across was really kind of the opposite of what I was looking for. And it's actually where I want to start our discussion today about the kind of peace that Jesus brings. So the passage is in Matthew chapter 10, and it begins at verse 34. Jesus says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now, this is one of those verses in the Bible when you read it, a lot of people can be like, is that really in the Bible? Like, did Jesus really say that he wasn't coming to bring peace, he was coming to bring a sword? That doesn't sound like Jesus, but sure enough, there it is in Matthew chapter 10. And I think part of what surprises people that Jesus would say something like this comes from the phrases we hear a lot during this time of year, particularly the phrase peace on earth, right? That Jesus came to bring peace to the world, and Jesus is the messenger of peace. He's the prince of peace. So why would he say here that he was not coming to bring peace? Well, the reason that Jesus said this was that he knew that the message of truth that he was bringing would be controversial that he was going to be speaking against things that many devout people of faith among the Israelites would reject. And Jesus recognized this. He recognized that his truth, and really that truth as a whole, tends to be controversial. And definitely the truth that he was bringing would cause conflict among people. And would cause conflict even to the point of splitting apart families. And Jesus knew that this would be the case because any time that we try to present the truth of God in a fallen world, that's going to create conflict. Because the truth of God and the truth of Scripture speaks out against what is evil. And people, in their selfish desires, want to do things that are evil. So as long as people have the desire to do evil and a message is being preached, against evil, that struggle is always going to remain. And so we see that and understand that that struggle between good and evil will always exist in this world until Christ returns. And Jesus understood it, and it's important that we understand that as well. That until Christ establishes his rule on earth, that we're never going to reach this kumbaya point where everybody is getting along and there is no longer any conflict or any struggle between good and evil. Now, Jesus says this, and, and I want this to lay the groundwork to what we go into next, because Jesus didn't only talk about peace in this way throughout his entire ministry. If we go to John chapter 14, where Jesus is sitting with his disciples, and he is sharing his last meal with them at the Passover feast, he tells them this in verse 27. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So Jesus, just before he leaves them briefly to be crucified, and as he's getting ready to send them out into the world to share the gospel message, and that same message of conflict, we see that he not only gives them that message of conflict, but he also gives them peace. He gives them both of those things. Here, have my peace and spread this message that's going to create conflict. And it's not just a chance of conflict. This conflict is promised to them. If you go a little further down in the conversation to John chapter 16, starting at verse 32, Jesus tells them, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is telling them, You are going to go out into this world that I am going to send you into, and you are going to have trouble. I'm giving you a message that I've admitted causes even family members to divide between each other. This is a message of conflict. It's controversial. People don't like it. It's going to create problems. But in the midst of it, you will go with my peace. And so we see through both of those things being true at the same time, that the disciples have Jesus's peace and they're going to spread a message that's going to rile people up. It's going to create waves. That if both of those things are true at the same time, then that means that the internal peace of the disciples was not going to be dependent upon their external situations. And they had some pretty strenuous situations they had to go through. Remember, this included people trying to track them down to kill them. That's some pretty extreme circumstances. And yet, no matter what kind of situation they were going to be in, no matter what kind of extreme circumstances they would find themselves, that internal peace that they had could remain in them not being reliant upon those external situations. And in fact, that that internal peace would be with them in the midst of the conflict that they would be going into, and even the conflict that they would be stirring up through their message of truth, that even in the midst of that, that conflict all around them, that their peace would remain internalized. And that is the kind of peace that Jesus truly gives. And it's the kind of peace that is originally promised in the story of Christmas. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, where the Christmas story takes place. And you have the angel standing in the field speaking to the shepherds. And in verse 13, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, many of us are probably familiar with a different phrasing of this verse. If we either grew up reading the King James Version of the Bible, 
or simply grew up watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special on TV, we often hear it as being said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And this is one of the few examples where I think the King James Version of the Bible, the King James Translation, doesn't quite translate this passage very well. Because if you hear, peace on earth, goodwill to men, the implication is that peace is being given and goodwill is being given to the earth, right? And that's usually how it's portrayed around Christmas time, right? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. These things are being given to everyone all across the world. And this translation, which almost every other translation of the Bible uses instead, has a different connotation, where it says, On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So the difference here is rather than that peace and goodwill being given to everyone, a better translation would be, if you wanted to still use the word goodwill, you could say, on earth peace to men in goodwill. And then, of course, in what goodwill? Well, in the goodwill of God. And so I think that other translations of the Bible portray this more accurately by using this phrase, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And the implication there is that there is a requirement on the side of the person to be within the goodwill of God in order to receive that peace. And I think that's way more theologically accurate to what we see throughout the rest of Scripture and even just what we see in the world around us. We can look around us and pretty easily see that there is not peace on earth. There is conflict all over the world. And so if the Messiah's mission was to bring peace to earth, to kind of provide this world peace, if that was the mission and ministry of Jesus, we would say he didn't do a good job. But of course, Jesus did a fantastic job in everything that he did, and yet we do not have world peace. And that's because Jesus' ministry was not about bringing world peace. It was about making peace available in the hearts of all mankind. That was what he was doing. Through his sacrifice, in addition to the many other things that it accomplished, it paved the way for peace to be brought into the hearts of anyone who accepts the goodwill of God and all that God has done for them. And that as they step into that, then they receive among forgiveness and redemption and so many other things, they receive peace as well. And that was accomplished through Jesus' ministry, that each and every one of us would have the availability to receive a peace that can exist in the midst of conflict, an internal peace that is not dependent upon our external circumstances. That is the kind of peace that is available to us, but it's only received through an acceptance of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It's only through accepting who he is 
and what he has done, that we can then receive that peace. And if you're wondering how accepting Jesus would bring you that peace, well, when we do that, when we accept who Christ is and what he has done for us, one of the things that that does is it gives us a secure identity. There's a beautiful passage in Romans chapter 8 that begins at verse 38 that says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, in these verses, we are told that God loves us. And that gives us an identity, that we are someone who is loved by the creator of all things. And not only are we given that identity, but it is a secure identity, as none of these things, nothing in all of creation, can separate us from that love. And when we receive that, when we understand that secure identity that we have as one who is loved by the creator of all and that nothing in creation can separate us from that love, then we don't have to worry about what anyone else does or says or whatever kind of situation we find ourselves in because that will remain constant. And we can find peace in that. We can hold on to that and not be afraid of anything taking that away from us. We can then speak the unpopular truth of God and have people hurl all kinds of insults at us and know who we are in Christ. We can face any kind of unexpected emergency or disaster and know who we are in God. But again, it's only found when we accept who we are in God through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus our Lord. So rather than trying to find some semblance of peace from external sources, whether that be through financial security or establishing an environment for ourselves that has a lack of conflict, there's no conflict in this environment, it's a safe space, or whether we try to find it through being reassured by other people and having them encourage us, rather than seeking these external sources to try to find a semblance of peace, we instead need to accept the internal peace that comes only through Jesus. And then rather than trying to find our peace from external sources, we can find it inside of us. We can find it through Jesus's work in our life and, and through that identity that we find in Christ. And that peace can sustain us through anything. And then, and then we get to an exciting part. Because once Christ's peace is inside of us, not only will that affect our life, but it will affect the life of each and every person we come across. Because that peace isn't meant to only benefit us, it's meant to benefit those around us. And we should really be 
pouring out that peace that comes from within us, pouring it out to those around us. And I want to leave us today with an illustration found in Jeremiah 17, because it paints a wonderful picture of what I'm trying to convey here, about this idea of receiving an internal peace through Christ and pouring it out into those around us. Beginning at verse 7 of Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This tree by the water perfectly illustrates what it is I'm trying to capture here. That just as the tree soaks up the water from its roots, and that water brings the tree to life from the inside out, that that life the tree has been given, that work that the water is doing within it, begins to manifest itself externally through the fruit that it produces. And then people can come from all over and experience the fruit of that tree that doesn't come from any outside source. It's not an external thing that makes that fruit appear, that brings that tree to life. It's the water working within the tree that, that allows it to produce that fruit. And this is how the peace of Christ is spread throughout the world. And although we'll never reach that perfection, we'll never reach that world peace, we can still be people of peace everywhere we go. We can be peacemakers. That as we have been given that peace in our own heart, and our own life, through that security of who we are in Christ, that we can share that with other people, that as we are in those places of conflict and, and hate and all kinds of controversy, that rather than allowing that to shake us up and, and really shake us to the core, that that core remains unshaken because we remember who we are in Christ and the love that he has for us and that nothing can separate us from that. And we continue to share his message, the good news that there is freedom and forgiveness of sin waiting for all people because the love that God has for them and that we want to do everything we can in every situation that we're in to try to bring people into relationship with God so that he can do the same work in them that he continues to do in us. And we remain connected with Christ ourselves so that we can continue to bear his fruit. And that through the fruit in our life, through that externalization of what is taking place inside of us, that we can then impact the lives of others for the kingdom of God. And I want to leave us with the thought and with the question of how do we do that? In what ways can we externalize the internal peace that we have received? 
How can we bear the fruit of peace everywhere we go? And I encourage you to spend some time in prayer today and throughout this week to let God show you how you can bear that fruit of peace in your life where you are. But until next time, that is today's Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, I'd love to hear from you, and you can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to like, rate, share this message wherever it is you're listening to it to help get this message out into the world. But until next time, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I pray that God will bless you during this Christmas season. Thank you.